When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in-store. Did the first weekend of March Madness turn out like we expected? What upsets can we expect in the Sweet 16? Is there a mid-major conspiracy? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. You must listen to this on our new mobile app, because if you don't, then you're not as cool as the ones who are. I am pleased to bring on basketball analyst Dan Dickey back on the show. If you missed our earlier podcast about the NCAA tournament as a preview, then you missed some of the most accurate predictions you're ever going to hear from anybody. So, Dan, otherwise known as at hoops underscore nerd, how's it going today? Going great. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I, I, you know, on Thursday I watched ten hours straight of of uh, tournament basketball, and I think I lost a marble or two. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was crazy for me because my uh, son's birthday was on Thursday, <laughs> and I was determined not to allow myself not to give him all my attention I could, which meant I was scrambling to. Well, I avoided social media and scrambling to catch up all the basketball without and still get a couple hours sleep that night. It was uh, crazy. Yeah. Friday was crazy. I was tired. Yeah, right. So. I can imagine maybe you've caught up by now, but maybe not. <laughs> no, I, I eventually got caught up, but uh, the, the tricky thing is just not looking at my phone or anything else, uh, just in case I get, you know, I didn't, I didn't want anything spoiled. I was trying to watch it like, you know, uh, like it was live, even though I knew I was three, four hours behind. Right. Well, I what do you say? Should, should we just let's break into these brackets, look at these games, and talk about them? Uh, I thought we could jump into the South region, uh, which interestingly enough ended up sort of following form better than anybody else. I think there's a lot of concern that this, these seedings were going to be way off, but they got it right, I guess, in the South, where you have you know the marquee matchup. I guess is Kansas number one versus Maryland number five, and uh, is this shaking out the way you predicted? Um, kind of, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I, Miami of Florida, or well, if you're talking about Kansas and Maryland, yeah, yeah, that's not a, that wasn't a big surprise for me to see those two. Uh, the overall South shook out a slightly different than I thought, but that's okay. It's for the most part, it, it kind of held form for what most people would expect, obviously, since it went almost chalk. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what are you thinking? Was what was the, one of the big upsets you thought was going to make it into the uh, Sweet Sixteen? Well, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't an upset. It would have been an upset, but I actually thought Wichita State was going to was going to win the last round um, against Miami. Miami. I didn't think I didn't think Miami was going to make it this far. Uh, I, I I don't have any real reason why I don't tend to like Miami that much, <laughs> but um. I was a little surprised uh, how well they played against Wichita State. Uh, Wichita State dominated Arizona uh, and dominated Vanderbilt, and they had the, they were the best defensive team in the nation. I thought they were going to cause Miami fits, and Miami, uh, you know, they took care of business. They did what they need to do to win that game. Right. Well, they only uh, got 65 points. It wasn't like it was yeah. a barn burner. Uh, yeah, Wichita State couldn't. They just weren't. They never really got anything going. And yeah. uh, it, it's not a surprise. I mean, that's in essence, that was pretty much a pick 'em game anyway. Um, I just felt Wichita State was going to move on from there. Um, well, and Villanova has been playing great. I was a little bit surprised how well they were playing. Um, I thought why, I thought Iowa might give them a little bit more of a test than they did. But I expected Villanova to get this far. So what so, are you thinking what happens when Villanova plays Miami? <laughs> I think Villanova is going to win. Um, I, you know, any team right now can beat any team. And and I think everyone knows that. Uh but the the odds are are decently in Villanova's favor. Um, just uh, looking at what I what I do, my numbers don't like Villanova quite as much as Vegas does. But I I personally like Villanova probably a little more. My when I when I compile all my player ratings, I have Vanilla Villanova winning by uh, two and a half points. Vegas has them by four. Um, and personally, I think Villanova will will come close to covering that, or it'll be right around four, probably. Okay, good to know. And then what do we have for Kansas Maryland? Oh, I I think Kansas will win that game. Um, Kansas is very deep. They're 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 very deep, and uh, Maryland tends to uh, push press too much on offense. They turn the ball over a little bit too much. Uh, Kansas is experienced. Um, Maryland does rely somewhat on youth. Uh, Tremble's a, what a sophomore. Uh, Stone's freshman. Um, but Maryland's very talented. It's the my my numbers have Kansas just by about four points, four point one points. Vegas has them by six and a half. So. My numbers don't even have them as big as Vegas does. Hmm. I think it's very possible Maryland will cover that six and a half. But so, I think Kansas will win that game. Are you concerned about the curse of Bill Self? <laughs> uh, maybe. I'm I'm not a big Kansas fan. Uh, part of the reason why is I'm an Arizona fan. Okay. So I have a I tend to be a little bit of a hater when it comes to Bill Self. For some reason, Arizona fans tend not to like Kansas too much. I haven't fully figured out why. I think it's because we've gone after a few of the same recruits over the past five or six years. Uh-huh. And so I think on some of the bulletin boards, there's been a lot of trash talk back and forth. So inherently, I've developed a little bit of this not liking Bill Self that much. But it's com- I completely admit it, there's no real justification for it. But Bill Self, they have fallen short. A, a number of times in a tournament when they were definitely very talented. But then again, they've also won national championships. So, you know, it's, it can go both ways. I don't think, I, I don't think Kansas is going to win the national championship, 
but I do think they'll win this game. Okay. Well, we'll find out. You're actually aging yourself by using the phrase bulletin board. Uh, <laughs> we might have to explain that that used to be what the websites used to be. We're called BBSs, and there was no graphics, just text. <laughs> well, the, the, in, when it comes to teams, uh, people that follow these teams, they still will go to some of the old boards. That's really kind of – it's they're just used to it. Um I go to I go to point I go to point guard you that's the probably the most well known Arizona board right now, and uh, Twitter is because all of us have such big Twitter feeds it it gets trickier when you're following a team unless you obviously create separate you know a right. separate folder or whatever they call it and uh, I don't bother to do that it's it's too much work for me I hear you well Twitter's too much work for me in general so <laughs> let's shift over to the eastern region here. Where uh, this the top of the uh, the bracket seemed to follow relatively close. Uh, I was never a big fan of what Kentucky was doing anyway, so Indiana handled that business. We got North Carolina, Indiana, um, sort of a throwback to the '70s, back when uh, you know Bobby Knight was back there and they were clashing. So, what do we think about this matchup? Well, uh, North Carolina is probably going to win this game. But I have this feeling about Indiana. I, I like uh, they're, they're, the, the thing I don't like about North Carolina is they, they don't hit threes. Uh, so if they can't completely dominate in the middle, they don't tend to get on big runs like a team that does have a, a number of good three-point shooters mm-hmm. can do. And Indiana's is a more balanced offense than, than North Carolina is. Indiana has a lot of talent. Uh, that can, to some extent, match up with North Carolina's pretty massive amount of talent, especially in their front court. Um, I, I actually think, and yeah, very well might win this game. Uh, my numbers have my numbers had North Carolina winning by by almost four and a half. Vegas has them by five and a half. I think Indiana will cover that. Wow. And I actually think Indiana might win it outright. They they just it's just and that's like a lot of these things are a little bit of a vibe. Uh, you know, it's there's something about Indiana and there's something about and I actually thought they played fairly sloppy that last game and still played real well. It, I think if they tighten it up a little bit, uh, North Carolina might have some difficulty. And like I said, I don't expect North Carolina to blow out Indiana, but I could see Indiana getting on a roll and and, and taking that game. Um, interesting question I have for you, because we were talking about, you know, if you're not a three point shooting team, um you know, if you can limit the other team from making threes, then it's easy. But I feel like there's got to be a threshold to the amount of threes you get outscored by where you simply will not be able to win. And I bet you it's different at the NBA level and the college level. But there's got to be a number where if they, if they hit six more threes than you, you're losing, right? It, yes. I, I, I can't tell you exactly what that number is, but it's almost impossible to, to win a game if you're if you're uh, the other team's hitting five, six, seven, eight more threes than you are. And the other thing that's tricky about college basketball, well, all basketball, uh, a lot of three point defense, a lot of it is there. There's a lot more variance in three point defense from game to game. In essence, it's very, very difficult to be a great three point defensive team from game to game. That's a, a lot of teams not shooting well is just they're not shooting well that day. Now, yes, North Carolina should be a better three-point defensive team than some regular Division One opponent because they have length and they have athletes. 
but a, a, an offense that's that's decent moves the ball around, they're going to get some looks, and whether or not they make those shots is, is a, more up to the offense more than it tends to be defense. And so I don't trust a lot of uh, defense, defense three-point defensive data that you see. It's, it tends to be uh, – there's just, there's just too much variance. So I think a lot of that more falls on the, whether or not the offense is executing. And I don't think North Carolina would have a lot of control over whether or not Indiana makes their threes. Indiana has to execute and make their threes. Right. But on the other hand, Indiana doesn't have to worry about North Carolina as much when it comes to, to hitting their threes. It's uh, North Carolina is capable. They have a couple guys that can. But it's uh, but and one, the other thing about it is North Carolina has a they have a beast in the middle. Um, Bryce Johnson's a, he, he is a stud. That guy is a and probably is underrated because for some reason he's not considered a, a extremely high draft pick. Um, but he's, I, I believe he's my second or third highest, he's my second highest rated, rated player in the nation. He's wow. just ahead of healed. Um, actually, I can't tell you for sure what Valentine is cause I didn't, I didn't run him today. Uh, Valentine might've dropped b- behind both of those after losing that first round game. Yeah. But Bryce Johnson's incredible. Huh. If Indiana can make him just be good and not incredible, Indiana will win that game. Wow. Um, well, let's shift down to the lower part of the bracket. We have Notre Dame versus my alma mater, Wisconsin, who uh, you know was able to pull out a game in rare form. Um, I, I, I will be the first to admit that the charge that the guy took was, was debatable at the very <laughs> best, at the very least. <laughs> Um, but you know what? He hit the shot in the corner, and you got to give it to him for Koenig. Koenig. So, what do you have? What is this a grudge match here? You know, the interesting connection was that you know Sean Miller was an assistant at Wisconsin, and then took over Xavier at some point, and then left. So there's some weird connection, at least in my history of being around. But what do you think here? I mean, I'm sorry, that was for the Xavier game. So as far as the Notre Dame Wisconsin game, uh, this is a rare treat. I feel like we never see them play each other. Uh, at least in my memory, in a way that, uh, what do we think here? Uh, what's going to happen? I, I can't remember Wisconsin Notre Dame playing, but maybe uh, I am old, so maybe I'm just not remembering well. But you, as a, if you're a Wisconsin alum, you should be happy because oh, cool. uh, the reason why you should be happy is because you're getting to play Notre Dame and not having to play a one seed or uh, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Syracuse. That's those are the bottom three when it comes to the Sweet 16 right now. Uh, all these Cinderellas fell apart. You know the Cinderellas that we were that looked like we were going to have the Northern the Northern Iowa's the Stephen F. Austin's. It it didn't pan out even though it looked like they were going to be moving on. At least those two teams were. So now our Cinderellas are Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Syracuse. Well, Notre Dame, Wisconsin are playing each other. Yeah. So one of them's moving on. Uh, I like Wisconsin better than Notre Dame. Hmm. Uh, they're of practically a pick'em game. My number, my numbers say Wisconsin's about a point, a point better. Uh, Vegas has Notre Dame a point better. Um, it, it's a pick'em game, but I Notre Dame has played much better the second half of the year than they did the first half of the year, and I think to me that means something. That to me that they're just. Overall, I think they're a better team than what the numbers would suggest if you're looking at the season as a whole. I think right now they're a better team than that. Uh, I like their freshman. Uh, I just forgot his name. Was it Hop? <laughs> his name just left me. Yeah. Uh, that kid's a really good player. Uh, 
everybody likes everybody likes Hayes. He's a that he's a he's a very very good college player, and I, I just I like Wisconsin. Uh, I think Notre Dame lucked out. I, I expect I, you know, well you know I predicted Stephen F. Austin to beat Notre Dame, and so I wasn't thinking that highly of Notre Dame, but then and I still don't think that highly of them. Uh, they're a good team. I mean they're all these teams are good teams. Uh, they're not any better than Wisconsin. And uh, I just think Wisconsin will tough them out, and I don't think Notre Dame will be able to handle it, especially after after uh, really struggling against Stephen F. Austin. Not saying that Wisconsin had a great game because they didn't. Right. But they so well, it was heartbreaking to see Stephen F. Austin fall the way they did, and we don't get to see uh, walk up anymore because you were on that before we did in, the, in our first uh, show where you were touting him, and nobody knew who the heck he was, and. I think he certainly let everyone know who he was by the end of those two games. Yeah, it's, if, if I'm going to tout a small school guy, and I've had a lot of people get on me about it, uh, not necessarily about walk-up recently, but about when, if I'm going to tout a small school guy, that person is setting themselves apart much more so than the normal stat filler small school guy. There's something he's doing that's beyond that. Often it's his, he's, he's doing those, those – uh, he's producing big time, but – leading a team to dominate other teams. Uh, a lot of these small school guys, well, you know, you'll see, uh, Iona had a player, AJ English put up a lot of, you know, a ton of stats. Iona had a really fast pace. They were a good team, but not a great small school team. He's not, he wasn't near the player, you know, by my writings as a walk-up was, who was putting up across the board stats on a slower pace team, but they crushed everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just how it works. So, so people go, how can you tell the difference? Well, I personally can't, but when I crunch all the numbers, some guys end up standing out, and then I look at it a little deeper and go, okay, okay, this guy, I want to watch this guy. Walk up, stood out. He's stood out for two years now. And uh, I had fun watching him. I was, you know, I, I think a lot of people end up with a man crush on him. I, I saw a lot of positive buzz on Twitter about him. Yeah. And uh, he's a he's a different-looking guy. He doesn't look like a basketball star, but most of these small school guys don't. And uh, I, I think somebody mentioned he looked like uh, I'm, this predates me a little bit because I, I don't remember the guy that well, but I remember him a little bit. I think it was Mike Newland from the NBA. I could see that the an odd broad shoulder type, um, okay. the way he looked. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I guess he could you could say he played a little bit like him. Newland, if I remember correctly, was one of those pass shoot guys. But uh, it'll, be, it'll be curious to see if Walkup ends up in the NBA. I, I actually think he will at some point because I think we talked about it. I think he will develop a three-point shot because he has to. Right. You, I think their system, they didn't need him to shoot threes because they needed him to do everything else, and they didn't want him posting up on the three-point line. So I don't think he worried about it. But somebody that that skilled across the board with was good shooting for him, I can't believe he can't become a good three-point shooter. Right. I agree. Well, let's move on to the West region because uh, anybody has tickets, let me know. I'm, I want to go, and I'm looking for a line. Um, hit me up at CoachNick at bballbreakdown.com. So we have uh, in Anaheim, uh, number one versus four, which is, you know, and this is also, uh, you know, a region that, that played true to form with the top four seeds advancing. So we got Oregon versus Duke. I, I thought that Duke did not look good at all uh, in their first round. And uh, then they were, you know, they were able to get the 12-5 upseed against Yale, uh, which you know they were just out, outmatched, and you know they just Yale had no idea how to play against that kind of speed. It looked like to me. So, what are we thinking about this? Oregon, you know, Oregon is number one. They look really good. Does Duke have a chance? 
Uh, Duke has a chance, but I expect Oregon to win the game. Okay. Uh, if Duke wants to win that game, they they're, they're going to need Ingram to 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 have a big game, and they're going to have to have Grace Nell and have a big game. It won't be easy because Oregon is as long defensively as about any, any team in the nation, mm-hmm. and it's not it's going to be almost polar opposite of playing Yale. They're they're going to playing Yale, which is this more of a, a fundamental team with no, you know, they have a few sort of big guys, six eight type guys. But they're not long guys, and they're not they're not track meet guys. Well, now you're going to go against Oregon, which is track meet guys and long guys, and and uh, I don't think the I don't think Duke has the thoroughbreds to keep up with them personally. Uh, Duke would now if, if Jefferson, uh, their their power forward from early in the year who, who's out for the season, he he gives them a lot of toughness. He's not he hasn't been on the team. I've been surprised Duke has gotten this far without him. And I think his not being there will really show up this game. I think Oregon's really going to out-athlete and out, out-tough them a little bit because I think they'll, they can. I, I think they'll uh, – I mean, there's no way Plumlee's going to be able to keep up with, those, with all those guys uh, trying, to, trying to help protect that rim every time a different guy is coming to the hoop and then some other guy on the weak side ends up dunking it because he's not there to rebound. I think we're going to see a lot of that. Um, but Duke obviously can win. They have, they have Ingram. Ingram's capable of having a big game. Grayson Allen's a very good player, very good college player. And, uh, he's very capable of having a big game, but I think the length of Oregon will cause him some fits. Yeah, I agree. And now also the Duke has been playing zone. I guess they don't have a lot of players in their rotation right now. Um, is that going to be a problem or a, a blessing for Oregon? Uh, I think it actually could cause a little bit of problem with Oregon, but I'm, the thing is now, though, we're, we're at a point where te- these uh, coaches are having quite a bit of time to prepare those their teams. And so I don't think it'll be really that much of a problem. Most of what Oregon faced in the Pac-12 is is man defense. And Oregon works great off of dribble drives and ro- rotations um, on offense in which they have multiple guys that can beat multiple other defenders to the rim. They A lot of times they'll, they'll kind of – They'll find the, the the weakest matchup. They usually like to have Dylan Brooks try to beat a guy to the rim if they can get a weak matchup on him, and they'll do a lot of rotation offense to do it. They might not be able to pull that off as much if Duke's playing a bit more zone. So I think that could cause Oregon a little bit of difficulty. Okay. I do think Oregon's going Oregon's going to try to to run the break on them. Oregon's going to try to get Plumlee in foul trouble, and they might be able to do it. Um, it's I just think there's too much talent on Oregon for for Duke to overcome it. But, you know, that being said, it's possible Duke can win that game. Yeah, I I just don't – and I don't just don't – I don't see Duke – like, they're not playing as well as they can play, at least in those first two games. Or, like, they they looked okay but sort of up and down in a way that uh, they would have had to have played immaculate ball these last two games for me to even consider that what's going to happen with against Oregon. But if we move down to the lower part of the bracket – uh, Texas A&M, I, I hope, said some big thank yous to somebody up there in the sky, uh, in the basketball gods world, because I don't think I've ever seen a, a meltdown like that uh, in the last minute uh, of regulation. And then I was actually surprised that, uh, that uh, Iowa, Northern Iowa, was able to even make it to the second overtime after doing that, because I would have thought for sure they just would have had their hearts broken um, so here we are, Texas A&M makes it against Oklahoma and our, our man Buddy Heald. So what do you see on this matchup? 
Yeah, when, when you were talking about Duke not playing well, Texas A&M is not playing that well. The Northern Iowa, this is not as good a Northern Iowa team as we've seen upset people a couple times in the past. This team made the tournament because they want they they played really well and won their tournament, uh, and they upset Wichita State in their in their conference tournament. But Northern Iowa is not that strong of a team. A and M obviously that game was lost. It, there was no there was no question. There was not a single person that thought A and M had iota of a chance. I think I saw some things that were saying that it literally was the biggest ups, the biggest comeback ever. Yeah. In the history of college basketball of, of what when people can find play by play data. Um, and the, the thing that was crazy about it was watching watching rewatching it. It wasn't even like A and M did anything that incredible. They just put a press on and was denying the inbounds and then just watching Northern Iowa implode. And, uh, I mean, I mean, and yeah. it won three during that whole time. And there, but, there, yeah, anyway, there was a, uh, yeah, the, the, the turnover in the right corner, uh, all he had to do was throw it down the court high yeah. and the clock would have expired. I thought that too, like chuck it straight up in the air. <laughs> Just yeah, don't yeah. throw it towards the hoop or don't throw it yeah. towards a defender. I mean, and, he could have actually... And there was a foul anyway. I mean, they're both defenders were doing the, the pelvic thrust, right. knocking him out of bounds thing where it was like... Oh, if but, he just would have stepped out of bounds, they would have won the game. Uh, if he would have just run... Probably. He he, he could have just pulled his shorts down and ran through the stands with the ball, and they would have won the game. Uh, you know, short of getting <laughs> he a just, ball he just went, Here, take the ball. It, <laughs> it had a quick layup in two seconds. Yeah, so it that's going to be a brutal one that they're not going to go to sleep with. So as a result, now, I think it's pretty clear Oklahoma is going to win, and I don't know if it's going to be that close. Is that is that the take we have? I think it might be close, but, yes, I believe Oklahoma is going to win. Oklahoma has a, a superstar. Uh, I was looking at – I. I ran player ratings for every team that's won a uh, national championship the last 20 years. And Buddy Heald is by far the best scorer of, huh. of, in college of, of, their, of, that, of their particular season. He is by far the best scorer for Oklahoma than any of these past players have been. I think uh, Richard Hamilton of UConn was, was number two. Most national championship teams don't have a scorer that dominant. Uh, now, I think part of the reason is a lot of these national championship teams have such good overall talent that they, you know, they share the ball more. And Oklahoma just has, they know they have their superstar, their Seth Curry, and so they go to him. But that being said, he is that he is that good of a scorer. I expect a big game from him. A&M, I don't think, is they're not as good as Oklahoma is. But I don't think it'll be a big spread. I, I think Oklahoma will win by you know, six or seven points. My, my work has them by four. I think it'll be a little bigger than that. I think A&M at the end will try to he'll keep it in single digits. Okay. But it's hard for me to believe he'll get knocked out against A&M. But, of course, I didn't think Denzel Valentine was going to lose to Middle Tennessee State either. So yeah. uh, this, this let's just say this would be a significantly less or a significantly smaller upset than that. So... Plus, I like I like seeing the stars stay. I think I like to see Heald sell, you know, see if he can uh, win a championship. Uh, I don't think he will, but you never know. Sure. And, well, uh, well, let's look at the Midwest then to wrap this up because we have uh, the two more games. Uh, the one four played out to, to what we expected: Virginia, Iowa State. And uh, what are you thinking about Virginia? Are they looking like the number one seed in their in their uh, region? 
personally, I, I really like Virginia. I, if I were going to pick one team right now to win the championship, Virginia is the team I'm picking. Um, it's, they're, they're so experienced. Brogdon is a, a great all around college player. He, he will probably be a good pro. He's, he's not, he's old. So you know, we, we he's already played some of his developmental years in college, but he will probably be, I, I think, uh, a few podcasts ago, you were talking about a flalo and liking a flalo back when he was in college. Yeah. Brogdon to me is a, in college, a better a flalo. Okay. And I think he could be better than a flalo in the NBA. Uh, no, Flalo was pretty good. He had a few years there where he was very, he was pretty solid. Uh, uh, Gila power forward. Uh, they have a true point guard, Perantes. I, I just really like that Virginia team. The metrics like like them a lot. They have the biggest spread of this for of this Sweet 16 game. Uh, my metrics have them by almost six, and that's the biggest spread of all the games. Uh, Vegas has them at five. I really I. I'm not a big Iowa State fan, but part of the reason is I don't tend to like teams that uh, don't seem to know how to shut down other teams, even even when they're more talented. And Iowa State is not a good, uh, not a well, they're I guess, they're a good defensive team. They're not a great defensive team at this point. You, you need to be a great defensive team if you want you want to keep moving. I don't think Iowa State can play the defense. Virginia is efficient on offense, uh, slow paced, but they're efficient. And so I just I, – and I think Virginia knows how to play defense. And they're – They do. I don't think uh, – yeah, I don't think Iowa State will be able to, to do what they are used to doing to other teams, which is have that faster pace and have uh, George Nian just do some of his crafty, crazy stuff. I don't think it will work as well against Virginia. Yeah. I mean, certainly the, the pack line defense they play is – they're not. You're not going to get a, an easy shot. Like you know, they they close out the gaps. They can test shots. It's really difficult to go against. So uh, they're actually. It's probably tailor made for the for the NCAA's. They don't gamble for steals. They're not out of position. Um, it's the thing that you know you you, you want to look at when you're looking at good teams that can make a deep run. I, I imagine that defense is there. Is gives it to you right there. Right. And Arizona, the last two years before this season, were great defensively, and they had the same type of offense. This year they didn't have quite the personnel mm-hmm. or same type of defense. And uh, that type of defense, teams that, that – they, they can you can really cause havoc on teams that are used to making their living on offense. Yeah. And I, Virginia is going to do that to Iowa State. And Virginia is explosive enough that Virginia can score. Um, so I – I, I just don't think – I think Ohio, Iowa State won't be able to handle them. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to the last uh, pairing here in the bottom of the bracket in the Midwest in Chicago, which is Gonzaga and Syracuse. And certainly my nemesis these days is Syracuse because they play 2-3 zone the entire time. Uh, <laughs> not a fan of Coach Beheim's coaching across the board either way. Uh, I am a fan of Mark Few. And certainly he's always been able to get his teams to play up to the competition. So it's a weird matchup, 11-10. Um, are these teams really the somewhere between the 30th, 39th, and 40, whatever that ranking would be nationally for that those, those seedings in the country? Or did they get a weird seeding? Uh, Gonzaga got a horrible seeding, but every mid-major got a horrible seeding. The, the committee seemed determined to give the good and the – the good and very good mid-major small schools horrible seedings this year. Huh. Uh, I I'm not sure why, but you know, hey, I, I have my conspiracy theories, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. Okay. Syracuse, yeah, that's that's where they should have been seated. 
but they played real well their first two excuse me the first two round games um so they're playing better now obviously than they have earlier in the year i was a little i was a little the speaking of committee the committee uh the, the one of the talk the talk was that Wichita State almost didn't make the tournament, be, you know, because of their overall, you know, how they played on the on the whole season. Even though they had some major injuries early in the year, they they lost three games in a row without their star point guard. The committee doesn't consider that, but then they go and say, well, we'll consider Bayheim not coaching Syracuse for nine games, and we're going to take that in consideration for really? get, to make. Yeah, yeah, they, they openly said it after the seedings that they took into consideration that Bayheim wasn't there for nine of their games. Well, you gotta be kidding me. Well, Bayham wasn't there because he, you know, the NCAA said he shouldn't be there because he needed to serve some sort of punishment. And I don't know. It just, yeah, it, it amazed me. So that they kind of put, put me on a on the bad side of Syracuse anyway. Uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga should be the better team this game. The Gonzaga's had a better year. Gonzaga has the two best players on the court. Um, and uh, Sabonis and Wilcher. Uh, I think Gonzaga will be is will be coached up well enough to work to to work against that 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 zone that that zone that moves so much. I, I think Wilcher can has the skill sets that can cause them cause a little havoc against that zone because he could probably go high post on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the zone is more active and 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 they have long athletes and they they swipe at the ball and all that stuff all the time i still think gonzaga is gonna win this game syracuse not a great offensive team that helps gonzaga because gonzaga is not a shutdown defensive team um but i don't think they need to be against syracuse so yeah it's uh my numbers say gonzaga is gonna win by four they'll probably be around that range uh vegas has a four and a half for gonzaga they were they were poorly seated they should have been a the quality wise or they were more like a six seed, but, and I expect they're going to win this game and move on. This is the other of the, the Wisconsin Notre Dame was the game in which you had the two teams. One of them gets to move on and they're not quite as good as what you would expect from an elite eight. This is the other one. Gonzaga say Gonzaga moves on. Uh, they're not quite as good with what you expect from elite eight, but they're not far off. I mean, they're, you know, yeah. they're, they're pretty, they're pretty solid. And they have two go-to players, and a lot of teams don't have that. Sure. And, you know, if you give Mark Few three, three days to prepare again for his own, then there's no question in my mind they're going to get really good shots. It's just a question of are they going to hit them or not. And it looks like they have enough of those kind of players that should, and they have the experience. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Gonzaga as well over Syracuse uh, for a number of reasons. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, that's an interesting-looking bracket. I think we're going to have some really good games this weekend. Yeah, I think we will. And I think the other thing about Gonzaga, Wiltshire, you know, that, that kid is what, 6'10", 6'11"? He can, shoot, he can shoot over a zone, even a zone that extends out as hard as Syracuse does. Uh, that won't affect him nearly as much as a normal perimeter player would, you know, a guy that's somewhere from 6'1 to 6'4", uh, that Syracuse could cause havoc with when they extend that zone out on him. I just, I think, yeah, I think Gonzaga will, will uh, take care of business. Okay. Well, that's our. Uh, but picks. I got to say, this tournament as a whole. Yeah. I was a little disappointed we didn't get we didn't get a mid major uh, outside of well, I guess you can call Gonzaga mid major, but they're always they're always they're a major in in terms of everyone knows who they are. I was hoping we'd sneak somebody in just just for fun. 
I, I expect it to be Stephen F. Austin. I end up being wrong on that. But, you know, can't be right on everything. That's right. Well, we're, I think we're pretty close to being right on these picks as well. It's a, some, some really good games are going to come up, and I can't wait to see the results. And you know, maybe we can even check in again next week to see how we did and what, what, might, what is in store for the rest of the tournament. Sure. Yeah. Well, don't forget, you want to follow Dan Dickey on Twitter at hoops underscore nerd. And you can always uh, hit him up for any information you might want. He might give you an answer back. We'll see. Um, and I'm certainly going to be uh, watching with an eye to see how we play out on these things. So um, if you still got any kind of uh, money laid down or have the ability to, then I would definitely follow some of these picks. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a great day. You too. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dan? I'm in. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift Safeway makes it easy to save at the pump with your club card because you can use up to 20 cents per gallon in Safeway gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations. Get more mileage out of your grocery budget, up to 20 cents per gallon. When you shop more at Safeway, you save more at Chevron and Texaco. Maximum reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is 20 cents per gallon in a single fill-up, up to 25 gallons. Cannot be combined with any other Safeway gas reward offer. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details at Safeway.com or in store.